I strive not to be wrong. I study uh, as much as I possibly can, and yet there's times when I say something that I probably should not say. When I mentioned the high priest last week having a rope tied around his ankle so that they could pull him out of the Holy of Holies, I saw a couple people react to that, and it bothered me. So I went home and did some digging. Now, I did not want to imply that that was in Scripture. It is not in Scripture. I think the words that I used were historical tradition. Uh, Well, it's worse than that. It's not even a historical tradition. Some of the uh, things that I found on it have even called it a myth and a legend. And uh, I don't even remember where I heard it or where I read it. It is recorded in a commentary by John Gill, very respected Old Testament scholar and commentator. And it is in a a well-known NIV study Bible. I could have gotten it from either one of those sources. But the source that John Gill quotes, it's called the Zohar. It's a 13th century commentary, and it is not a very reliable source of historical data. Let's put it that way. And it's mentioned twice in that document. And each time that it's mentioned, there's two different scenarios in relation to it. One says chain, uh, and in another location of the same document, it says rope. And uh, my intention, of course, is never to mislead people. I hope you understand that, and so I do apologize. Uh, I wish I could remember where I found it or where I heard it, but apparently this story or legend, anyone ever hear it before? Okay, some of you have, okay. It has been often repeated, and there is no reliable historical basis for it. In fact, if I were to look at the evidence of it today, knowing what I know, um, the high priest on the Day of Atonement didn't wear his high priestly garments when he went into the Holy of Holies. He dressed more like a slave, and so there were no bells or pomegranates on his hem, as is usually assumed. Hence, that part of the story is, is kind of wrong. The other part is that if they would have added to the high priestly vestments that God had ordained, I think they would have been in trouble with God himself. So I apologize for using that. I should have investigated it further. Uh, nowadays, with the Internet, you can really look into things and find you know, sources. Um, but given the evidence that I have seen, or should I say lack of evidence, there is no reliable historical documents that show that the high priest wore an, a rope around his ankle or his waist, is how some people say it as well. In fact, one of the myths or legends say that it starts out red, and when it turns to white, then that shows that God has forgiven the Israelites of their sin. I definitely don't believe that. But um, apparently, through the oft-repeated story, it did find its way into sermons, maybe even books. And I I feel bad that I I brought that up. I I should have checked it out further. 
I would ask that if you have a problem with anything that I have said, whether it's accurate or inaccurate, please talk to me afterwards. Um, I, I am not above reproach. I am not above being wrong. And in this case, I was definitely wrong. I should not have repeated something that I didn't check out for myself. It's easier to check those things out today than uh, you know, when I may have first included it in a sermon many, many, many years ago. Um, the Bible is so vast, and all of the subjects and topics related to the Bible, no one man can study every single detail of passages of Scripture. Now, I, I may have gotten it from John Gill. That's not an excuse. John Gill is a very, uh, very ex, uh, well-known uh, Old Testament scholar, and he includes it in his commentary on the book of Hebrews. And, you know, when men like that put something in their commentary, you think, well, maybe it's got to be right. I don't know. But, uh, yes, sir. And, and there is no, no historical basis for it. Um, it. It likely came out of, we're talking about the, the era of the Second Temple, and there were a lot of corrupt high priests during that era of the Second Temple, uh, so much so that in the period that they, they, they had the Second Temple that they would go through a different high priest every year because they were so corrupt. They either bought their way, their way in or they bribed their way in, from what I read, and it, it may have arisen out of, as a myth or legend from that time. Definitely while the first temple was in existence, while God's presence was between the, the cherubim of the Ark of the Covenant, uh, there is no historical evidence that was ever done. The rope was tied around the high priest's ankle. Not only that, something that I read said that it would have been impossible to drag them out because of the way the curtains were uh, there in the temple. So, I mean, even if they did tie a rope around his ankle, they couldn't get him through the maze of the, of the veils that were there. Uh, so, please forgive me uh, for stating something that I did not check out for myself, and uh, I, I, I wish I wouldn't. Uh, I should stick to what the Bible says instead of bringing historical tradition into it. And generally, we're safer when we do that. Um, Regardless, my point of the sermon was that the presence of God was so awesome in the Holy of Holies, and we now have the ability through Christ to enter into his presence, which was like the high priest going into the Holy of Holies uh, one time a year. So that part of the sermon, please don't disregard that, even though I said this over here as being wrong. So um, thank you for your patience with me. What I'd like to do this morning is I'd like to prepare our hearts for the Lord's table and I'd like to do that through a singspiration. Is that okay? And um, I think we can prepare our hearts through the truth being proclaimed through hymns. If you have a passage of scripture you would like to read, uh, please let's keep it two passages of scripture and no preaching and things like that. But just, I have found that for some reason, in a singspiration, where we let the Holy Spirit of God direct our hearts and direct our choices, that some hymn that you choose 
or some scripture that you may read will impact somebody that's seated here today. I would like to start by reading a scripture. It's found in the book of 2 Corinthians. I mentioned it right after Sunday school, but it's a passage of scripture that I thought about as we were thinking about the humility of Christ. And Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 8, 9, For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. So the humility of Christ, everything that Christ suffered, everything that he lowered himself to was for the purpose of raising us up. And we'll see that, of course, in our celebration of the Lord's table.